Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Origins Podcast. Episode 5, I think? Yeah, we're on 5 now. Episode 5. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the last episode was with Josh. Make sure you've given that a listen if you haven't already. Uh, this is only a couple of days later, but we thought we'd, we'd get another one out and bash another one out this weekend. Um, so yeah, Rob, take it away. Give a little update on yourself, what you've been up to, because it's been like a couple of weeks since we last did an update on each other. Yeah, I mean... It's been a while since we've kind of said anything, but to be honest, not much has changed with me, really. I'm kind of just, like, the weight's coming on a little bit now in terms of body weight. Um, I think since the last time we spoke on the podcast, I've put on, like, four or five pounds, like, nothing major. Um, I'm just trying to keep the kind of slow rate of gain, um, because I will just get fat too quick otherwise. Yeah. Training wise, everything's the same. Got the same split. Um, just working on. It's all right. Like I kind of found my groove now with the the home training and like the exercises that actually work. Like I tried to do. You called it the Callum curl. You know the hamstring. Yeah. Curl. So I don't have a daisy chain, and there's none in stock on Amazon. Right. So I, I tried to do it with the dog lead because I did those pinwheel curls with the dog lead. In the biceps. Yeah, yeah, with the plate, yeah. That it worked with that, and then I tried to do it with the hamstrings, and it was just driving me mad. I couldn't get it to work because I only have one cuff as well. So I was putting like the my foot through the dog lead handle, and then the cuff on the other side, and tried to tie it all up. But oh right, what with uh, what, and then the band as well. I didn't get to the band because I couldn't oh, get so the. You couldn't attach the band to either. Uh, the yeah. band, the band makes it. The band makes it the best. Yeah, so uh, I just because the, the plate drops off when you hit, I guess you're slightly hitting the bench with the plate. Yeah, on the floor. Now I was doing it on the bench, but the plate wouldn't stay straight, so it was like hitting my legs on the way back so up and down. It's rotating round and, and yeah, yeah. Your legs, yeah. Now with with the daisy chain set up on the bands, it does allow the plate to stay dead center as well. Yeah, that's why I didn't tight do. enough. But yeah, it's kind of it's just progressing the main movements now I've, i used a belt with squats i'm not sure if i said it on here or not but i was really struggling with squats in terms of my lower back no i don't uh, think we, we talked about it so go ahead yeah so i've always struggled with squats anyway like we discussed about how like um squat bench deadlift isn't for everyone and squats definitely isn't for me and um it was just after every session my lower back was just an agony not even just the session there's just two sets and that was it I couldn't I couldn't finish the session because it was it wasn't like spinal pain like it wasn't like deep in the spine it's like my whole lower back like the whole area was just just fully pumped and just wasn't it wasn't right and like when I get to the bottom of the squat I can I can hear my back like crack like the the vertebrae crack so and it's not like I, you have a ridiculously deep squat anyway like mechanically no, you can't get no. super deep anyway no. And I, get, I have the exact same trouble with a, with a barbell squat. The amount of spinal loading that it accumulates is ridiculous. Even yeah. with a belt, even with a belt, I, I'm, I'm knackered afterwards. Well, that's the thing. So I, I tried it with a belt to kind of combat it. And, and I managed to do the sets without being in agony afterwards. So yeah. that's better than nothing. Um, I mean, so yeah, yeah. I, when I was barbell squatting, um, and then I'd try and do a split squat or something afterwards. <laughs> it was just like so uncomfortable. Like I could finish the set, but like my muscle connection with my quad was so off because all I'm thinking about is my lower back and like how much it's hurting just to stay upright. I yeah. was so, if anything, this home training 
has fully confirmed why I don't actually bench or barbell squat, to be honest. Yeah. And why there are so many movements out there for me that are way, way more optimal. Because if I was to go barbell squat in a gym now as well, that's going to remove, uh, like lower the frequency that I can hip hinge and row as well. Because I, I, the, the amount of erector doms that I had, were they lasted days after a leg day. So yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to hip hinge for a good three, four days after that. Exactly. And I kind of had the mindset of like, oh, I'll, I'll try it. I'll keep it in. I'll, I'll, I won't use a belt and I'll let my lower back kind of strengthen up and catch up to my legs but it just hasn't happened like there is a weak point in my physique but it's not going to just get better by squatting and is it is it is it that your lower back's weak or is it just that it's weak in that in that position because yeah. it's not like you have ridiculously strong quads on a on a hack a leg press and then a and then your rdl or deadlifts like super like really really inferior it's, yeah. it's only in a barbell squat that your lower back gives in and if you're going to go back into a gym in two months time and not barbell squat again is there point taking this time out and not challenging your quads by using a belt? Yeah. It doesn't really make sense. True. But yeah, so I've, I've, I've kind of got over that issue and then everything else is just progressing those movements that work. Um, and yeah, it's going well currently. Like I said, body weight's up. So I'm in a pretty good position. I feel like I'm growing other than my quads. Like I think that's, that's understandable, but even, even hamstrings, I think I am hitting them well enough with like banded curls and, yeah. and and my stiff leg deadlifts and all that kind of stuff so i think quads is the main one for everyone that's the biggest yeah. problem unless you are really suited to a barbell squat um i think quads is, is very very hard to grow at home yeah well even um, if i squat without pain it's still not loading my quads the way i squat is just glute ham and that's it same as me yeah yeah, I don't, I don't like it at all. Um, and what using just using bins and things as a squat, as a squat yeah. rack, and, a, and what is someone passion you were bent the barbell for when you're benching or using bins? Yeah, well? so it depends whether or not I train inside or outside. But um, there's no way I can squat inside, so I'm dreading the day. Well, I did train out when it was raining, and I hated it. Um, but yeah, I just I did shoulder press today. I was going to post a video. I did like a seated shoulder press, but I couldn't get a rack behind me. So I literally right. just got my dad and my brother to lift the bar. The bar up over you. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like crazy heavy. It was like 65. Yeah. Because it's either that or it jumps up in weight because of the plates I have. Yeah. Which I can't press that. So it's, it's, it's okay for that. But annoyingly, I can't do incline bench, which is... I know, I know. That, like, that is irritating. I've tried to set it up loads of different ways. Um, even like putting my back on the on like the bottom of the sofa but yeah, then I can't so get my I've seen people do properly. that I've seen people so, do that but I think that's going to cause more injury I think that the yeah. risk to reward ratio with that isn't worth doing an incline bench I, I, I've seen people doing it in the, in the front rooms and that and it, it doesn't you can't load no. you can't overload the chest with, with you supporting on a sofa I don't really no. care what anyone says just no uh, stability no stability at all the risk to reward ratio is just, just not, in, not favourable at all no well, it sounds like you're coping all right. Yeah. To be fair, I'm, I'm quite enjoying doing flat bench press because now I do it. Like the past, I struggled because I'd, I would I would go all the way down because I kind of like thought I ha you have to, but obviously you touch don't. Touch your chest, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't count unless you touch your chest. No. To be fair, I used to be one of them gym bros that was like, no, nah, that doesn't count unless you touch your chest. For years, I was like, you have to touch your chest, everyone. 
even though even myself, it would just cause so many problems on my shoulder. The amount of like, times that I injured my rotator cuff benching is just yeah. ridiculous. Well, the weird thing is, yeah, well, the weird thing is, I was going to say, my when I first started benching, I wouldn't go all the way down because I, I said to my mates, like, it, it hurts. I, I can't go all the way down. And then because they had that mentality of, like, it doesn't count if it doesn't touch a chest, I forced myself to do that, got weaker, and gave myself so many issues in the process of it. Yeah. But now I've realised I, I don't need to go all the way down. I just work in the active range and I'm fine. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually progressing it quite well. It's the strongest I've ever been on it. So. What, what are you benching? I'm oh, not a lot for most people, but I did 95.5 the other day. And in these conditions, on a, on a, is the bar smaller as well? Yeah, it's a six-foot bar. It's a six-foot bar. Is it slightly thinner? It's slightly thinner, and it rolls in my hands a little bit. Oh, it's one of the skinny is... ones. Yeah. Ah, fuck, yeah, I hate that. But it's still better than my little one-inch one. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, that's decent then. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't mind the home training. Um, I've got into the groove of it. I mean, what have we been doing it for now? Like eight weeks. A d- decent amount of time, yeah. And I don't know if you've seen, well, Boris is doing a speech tonight, isn't he, about lockdown, what yeah. it's going to relax, which I presume it'll just be you can exercise as many times as you want in a day. I don't think there's going to be too much. No, much what else are we going to say? Relaxation. Um, but I mean, I don't know if you've seen the reports that about Ireland. About the gyms being open in October. Yeah, so there's one that says August, and then there's yeah. one that, that that's a five-stage plan saying August, and then there's one that's saying a five-stage plan being October the 10th, which would be 16 and like 20 weeks until the gyms open, and we've already done eight. It's literally double what we've already done. and Double what we've already, done, so. what we've already done. Um, and I mean... I know, obviously, there's things that have gone on. It's horrible to hear about Luke. Uh, yeah. I, I can't help but think that the current situation hasn't helped with a lot of people in terms of mental health as well, not just physical health. And gyms are a massive escape route for a lot, a lot of people. And I think it's I think it's silly to class gyms as, as like, such a key place to spread the virus. Yeah. Because if, you, if the big, big gyms cap the number of members allowed in at a certain point so there would be some kind of waiting waiting list system that you sign up for your hour of the day everyone's going to be so clean inside the gym as well and like the staff there it'll be their job to clean it like a lot of the time and like especially our gyms like they're classes they should be classed as a small business because there's no more than 15 people tops in my home gym at once tops and that's peak time yeah, it's the same for me. They're just little private gyms. Like you can understand like a pure gym or like a proper commercial gym. But even then, like you said, if there's some sort of system in place where they can control who, how many people are there and obviously the hygiene standards, then it's definitely manageable. Because like the gym is so much more than just the gym for a lot of people. Like I think it was um, Jack Thorburn did a IGTV last night basically saying that like there's more to it than just going and taking out your frustration on the weights like you're going and being surrounded by like-minded people and a lot of us kind of don't find much in common with normal people but people don't find bodybuilding interesting and it's difficult to have conversations with people and kind of get along with people that don't get like your life yeah so get that lifestyle do they no and and it's starting to come out now like 
eight weeks have passed and people are kind of starting to struggle with like you can kind of see it out for a little bit but like obviously what we've seen with Luke nobody really knows the true reasons behind that but lockdown and, and not being able to train properly definitely didn't help him no. so I mean it makes sense like for people that don't understand it like probably Boris doesn't understand no, what I don't, I, looking at him, I don't think he's been to a gym once in his life to be honest. exactly exactly <laughs> So, if they're in charge, then chances are gyms will be put at the back of the list. I know, yeah, and they they do take that look at gyms that they're they're one of the last things to open. They're, they're branding it with things like a nightclub and mass gathering yeah. events, um, and it's not even the bodybuilding community. It work any form of exercise. You've got the the diehard cardio guys that, that go and run ten k on a on a treadmill. I, like my dad, for example, I mean, thankfully we have a treadmill here. We're lucky enough to have a treadmill at home. But like, yeah. he loved going either before work or after work, popping into the gym, the ledger, the local leisure center, and just like yeah. nailing himself on the treadmill, like like we do on the like we do on the weights. Um, and it is just that an hour, two hours to yourself, um, where you don't have to think about anything else. That escape, it's a little escape route, isn't it? And even like you said, surround yourself with like-minded people that's that's pretty important like we wouldn't have met really if it wasn't for the gym no um we'd have just been two guys in a living that regimented lifestyle surrounded by people that didn't really get it and it's yeah. so true especially at like university we're the 0.1 percent not even that like i'm not- pretty sure you're the only person i know at our uni that is the same as me Obviously, we got other guys at the gym, but at Uni yeah, or Birmingham, I haven't met true. anyone that takes it as seriously as we do. Uh, and yeah, there's I mean, thousands of there's students. A power, there's a powerlifting community, but again, as we know, they don't take it that seriously, like powerlifting, in, in terms of yeah. like, how, how regimented powerlifting is compared to bodybuilding. Um, yeah. But yeah, true. It's just me and you and what, 33,000 people or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and Leah, you can count her in and that. Leah. Yeah, you can count Leah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, a um, little update on me then. I don't know if I said on the last podcast that I was starting a mini cut, um, but I, de- I decided to. I, I sent some photos over to you, and although I'd slabbed over, slabbed on a lot of tissue, um, I'd accrued a lot, a lot of body fat in a short amount of time, uh, and that that was pretty much down to expenditure being near on zero for like. A number mm. of weeks um, due to university work and my dissertation. Um, so basically, the plan is four to six weeks in this mini cut, uh, be fairly aggressive. Uh, it's one week since I started and I'm six pounds down. I thought I'd hit seven, but uh, 2:21 I woke up this morning. So that's a, that's a decent that's a decent drop in week one, and that's with six thousand steps and, and twenty minutes cardio on a rest day, and it was literally an inclined walk and a rest day. Um, so cardio's absolutely bare minimum. I knew I knew off these calories um, that I'd drop a lot. Calories are at three point five thousand on a training day and three point two thousand on a rest day. So again, it's still a decent amount of food. And to be honest, I'm still struggling to eat this amount of food. Like I'm not enjoying it at all. When a meal comes around, I'm still, I'm still not enjoying the meal. My my palate is just fucked. I I don't really have any taste buds at the minute. I can't differentiate between some mince and some chicken. If I'm honest with you, so I can't yeah. wait to resensitize the palate and actually enjoy some food again. 
Um, but the whole the whole point of this mini cup was just to regain appetite, as you can tell, appetite is not there, and improve digestion as well. Because towards the end of an of an off season, a big big push up, um, it's okay increasing calories and increasing calories, but if you can't digest and utilize the the food, then there's literally no point just increasing and increasing. And I noticed that my 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 um, digestion took a big hit towards the end of it as well, purely because of the the, the type of food that I was eating. I was eating a lot more caloric dense, shitty food. Um, I'd push fat up where I wasn't comfortable with fat being as well and pulled carbohydrates down. Yeah. Um, so, so I wasn't in an optimal place to grow. And my thought process behind it was, if I just keep pushing while at home, and then gyms open, then I'm just going to have to mini cut when a gym opens and 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 miss time growing when I have full access to all equipment to grow. So the thought is just to strip off for four to six weeks and then hopefully, hopefully near that time, gyms will be open and I can push up body weight again. Yeah. And also you've been, I, can't, I don't know exactly when your show was last year, but it's more or less a year-ish of pushing up body beginning, weight and pushing up. July. Okay. So, so, so that, that's when I started my off season. So it's been what, 10 months? Yeah. That's a long time. And like, that's the sort of time frame where people would, where you would suggest a mini cut, and yeah. like you had all all the markers for it, like body fat up, appetite. Appetite's not been there for a long time, but you kind of have to accept that for a, for a while. But then you have to be uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. There, there's been uncomfortable, and then there was literally where you can't eat. Like yeah. I, I, throughout this off season, there's been many points where I thought, oh, my appetite is shot, and I can't eat. But I still finished every meal. But towards yeah. the end, it really was where. I, I honestly cannot finish this meal. Two hours has passed and there's nothing I want not less than, than some food right now. And to be honest, even I, in 10 months, you'd, you'd, probably, you'd probably want some kind of recomp or mini cut in them 10 months anyway. Yeah. And it's been a 60-pound push-up in 10 months. So that's a hefty, hefty amount of weight to slap on um, at 21 in, in that amount of time. So it's due. It's it's run its course and it's due. It's just really hard when I had no I had no trouble at all flicking the switch into prep last year. As soon as I went into prep, my mindset complete. I couldn't wait to start. My mindset completely changed, and I was like diet, diet, diet. But like pull up body fat. I wasn't bothered about growing, but since my show and that there's that step up to the classic physique division. My mindset is just like I've got to be bigger. I've got to be bigger. I need to add tissue here. Like being being tall as well. Like and I'm like I see areas where I need to fill out, and it, it's just been delaying the mini cut because it's been so hard for me to flip the switch and be like, yeah, let's spend some time not growing and spend some time in a dieting phase. But ultimately, I've just got to think that in the long run, this is going to be a lot lot better for me, yeah, and it's going to allow me to actually grow more than if you just delayed and delayed. Well, yeah, you got to look at the end goal. And and having a mini cut now is conducive to more growth in the long term. Yeah. It just is mentally when you're actually eating less food on a day to day basis, it doesn't feel like that at all. No, no, no. And it doesn't. Down and... and especially at the moment in this in this period, um, a week in, you don't see great results in terms of fat loss. I've just gone super flat compared to what I was. Um, so for anyone listening by flat I mean I've lost a lot of glycogen and intramuscular triglycerides in, in my muscle so so the muscle is appearing less full it's less prominent 
Um, I'd lost a lot of water, um, water retention, fluid retention due to the due to the lack of glycogen and, 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 and reduction in carbohydrates. And then obviously my food's literally half. So the, the amount of um, food volume in my gut is half. So that is kind of why I've dropped such a big amount of weight in a week. Probably what, half a pound, one pound of that's fat, if yeah. that, really. Uh, but then the, the fat process um, will we'll, we'll start a lot. We'll start soon and I'll start to see see more results but i do look a lot tidier to be fair whether that's also just expenditures gone up too and and more frequently training more more frequent amount of training because i i was not training that often in the last two weeks um but training's also kind of changed as well because of the avulsion fracture i don't know i don't i don't think i said did i last week i'm not sure if you mentioned it with josh or not but just go through it quickly so people know um well I've said on the podcast that I, I injured myself squatting, um, which I thought, which I said, I think I did say, I feel like it's a fracture, some kind of stress fracture. Um, but after like two weeks, it was absolutely fine to move on. It was fine to bodyweight squat on. And I bought a safety bar squat and I thought I'll, I'll go squat again because I thought, oh, it's completely healed. I did one rep 140, felt it go again. Um, and so I took a photo of it and sent a full description of it to Dr. Josh Hill. Um, he's someone who trains at our gym and he's a, he's a bone specialist. He's an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, and he responded straight away with like, it's pretty clear from what you've done and from like how you train. It's a pretty specific, special, specialized, not specialized, specific, uh, uncommon injury. Um, but it is basically due to the knee going really far past the toe. And he did it on a, a single, he's done it himself on a single leg, um, leg extension. For anyone who knows Dr. Josh Hill, or, or well, who anyone doesn't know Dr. Josh Hill, he's, he's got the biggest legs. And the leg extension was, was too light, double leg. So he was doing single leg extension with, with plates added to the stack. And he, and, he, and he got an avulsion fracture too. So basically, my left tibia, the top of my shin bone in my left leg, um, where the patella tendon attaches um, at the proximal end at the top of the shin, uh, like underneath the, the attachment point, part of the bones kind of chipped off. Um, it's, it's not fully, fully come off because I can't feel it. So I'm presuming it is some kind of stress fracture, which is better than it completely, um, coming off the bone, but it's basically stopped me from squatting or any quad loading. So the only thing that I can do for, for quads is some blood flow restriction, leg extensions and some blood flow restriction, spin bike sprints, um, which, which I'm doing every other day because I can manage that with the, with the recovery. Um, so my training's kind of changed in terms of I'm now loading, my priority is kind of my legs to retain as much muscle as possible during this deficit. Um, so I load my calves and my quads every other day and then my hamstrings every three days. And other than that, everything's the same, isn't it? And then, and then other than that, everything's the same. Like the, the split's the same, but I will just tag on quads and calves at the end because it's only three exercises. So I'll just tag them onto the end of whatever session happens. And obviously the quads and delt session has been pulled. Yeah. I think your quads will be okay. I think with that that level of frequency, you do get a pretty good stimulus, especially from those, those sprints. Yeah. Um, I've never done them, but I can imagine they're pretty intense. Yeah, they're very hard. And keeping that frequency of, of stimulus, you'll be, you'll be fine, I think. And yeah, your quads yeah. are strong anyway. 
Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, they will come back if, if any tissue is lost. But I, I thought I'd lost a lot of tissue, but since switching to this split, I've done it three times now, uh, the fullness has come back like instantly. Uh, and so they actually, yeah. they actually don't really look any different, to be fair. They, they just went really flat and looked a bit detrained for a while. Um, yeah. But, but they've, they've literally come back straight away. And the, the pump that you get from the, the well, both blood flow, leg extension and, and the spin bike, you, you've never done the spin bikes, have you? No. It's insane. I'm doing, four, I'm doing three 45-second sprints with 30 seconds rest in between. And the speed that I'm pedaling at in that last 45 seconds is just so slow towards the end. It, yeah. It's so, so painful. And then I think every week I'll either slightly up the uh, tension, up the notch, or I will just add like five seconds onto the sprint and progressively overload it that way. Yeah. What's it like in terms of like cardiovascular strain? Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely shagged by the end of it. <laughs> you might be you will probably be a lot better than me um i presume by the end i'll be okay cardiovascular but it really really i'm knackered after it and I, i'm laying down put it that way yeah i mean it is all yeah. out for uh three 45 second sprints like i'm 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 going absolutely all out so it is going to shock shock me and especially when i haven't done cardio so long it is a big big shock to the system and a 20 minute incline walk isn't really helping me too much at the minute is that what your cardio setup is currently yeah, just, on the rest day, just a 20 20 minute incline walk on my treadmill and then i just have a staple six thousand steps uh on on every day and like that to most people that's probably nothing anyway it's probably less than they do every day like i was speaking to christian chapman about it and he was like you lazy fuck as if you're only doing six thousand steps in a deficit and i was like yeah but when that's come up from literally 500 that's a fairly big increase in expenditure because I think my average for, for a few weeks was literally less than a thousand steps, which is absolutely appalling. Um, but thank you. Had all, I had an excuse and all that's out the way now. So yeah, 6,000 steps. And I, I, I don't see any reason to in, uh, increase it next week because of this uh, rapid rate of fat loss. Anyway, I expect to be another five or so pounds down by the end of next week. Uh, and then I'll probably, increase cardio um, and that's when i'm going to implement some yin bind as well fasted i was literally just about to ask when you're going to implement that yeah um in a week's time so one more week without it and then i'll do two to four weeks with with some yin bind fasted as well and i'll, I'll run it every single day too yeah so and do I'll, what and do expenditure fasted as well yeah so i'll i'll, I'll do my my fasted cardio on a rest day uh, and then I'll do every other day. I'll have my expenditure, my six to probably at that point eight thousand steps. I'll do fasted and delay meal one because I've I've been fasting anyway, and um, just just to just because of the, the less food. Even though I don't really want to, uh, even though I don't really need to fast, it's just like I still wake up without an appetite. So I'm happy to just go out on the walk, mm. uh, have some caffeine, play some Warzone, and go from there, and then have my meal later on. Yeah. But, yeah. Sounds good. So, what what um, body weight are you expecting to hit by the end of this? Two ten. Two ten. Two between two two five two ten. I mean that that'd yeah. be eleven pounds in four more weeks. For well, four five more weeks, um, which is easily easily doable when I've pulled off six in the first week. Yeah. Uh, I drop fat ridiculously fast, and to be honest, I only store it in my midsection anyway like 
my delts have already come in. Like my delts and chest look way leaner now uh, across the clavicular region. It's literally just my midsection. So as soon as it goes from there, then I'll be good enough to go again. For me, I'm not that bothered about pulling off too much body fat. The number one main priority for me is getting appetite back. Yeah. And then I have the ability to eat and grow. That's the number one thing for me. And then how much yeah. body fat comes off, how much body fat comes off, I'm, I'm not that bothered. But yeah, I think you'll be leaner. I think you'll be surprised how lean you'll actually be at like 205, 210. So do I. Because it, it is all in your midsection, like you said, and, and you, you don't, you're not storing 20 pounds of fat around your midsection. No. So I think, no. I think you're gonna be surprised. Yeah, I think, I think to be fair, I think I'll be happy with how it looks. I think I'll, I think I'll, it'll look quite impressive, and quite decent, two five, two ten, especially compared to when I last hit it. Like when I think that I actually started prep at two o five, around two o five, uh, a year ago. Uh, I think it'll look very, very different because I was pretty fat when I started prep as well. I was fatter than I was at 205 than I was at 227, like considerably. The yeah. midsection was probably the same, if not, to be fair, if not a lot more. And then there was still, there was fat, fat distribution in my legs was way more than it is now, and especially my chest. So, yeah, I, I look very, very good for 205 compared to when I was last 205. What if your appetite's not back after four weeks? You're gonna continue it. I just, I just continue it, yeah. Potentially like a maintenance almost. There's no need to continue dropping yeah. weight. I, I'd, I'll take it to probably six weeks, um, and get a little bit leaner, and then I'll just, yeah, maintain. To be fair, you probably will be fine then. But I mean, I, I'm notoriously a massive, massive eater. That's always hungry. So yeah. I presume it will come back pretty fast. It's just that I've pushed and shoveled food for so long that that's yeah. completely gone. Sounds good. It's got good plan. Yeah, and plan, really. it's going to help massively in terms of competing next year. Yeah. I mean, this will probably be the only tidy phase that I have before I enter prep. Yeah. Uh, which which I'm, I'm looking... I want to do late shows because that gives me more time to, to put tissue on. So I'm probably looking at august to october shows so yeah. two row shows then um so that'll be me starting prep what march april time something like that so that gives me another 10 months to to put on tissue as well i mean i put 60 pounds of weight on this time if i can do anything near that again i don't have a, i don't have a, a show rebound but i mean if i can go to 240 250 pounds then i'd be i'd be over the moon with that and add it yeah. to the right places as well if I can. Well, you've definitely filled out the weaker areas for sure. Yeah, I have recently. Yeah. So I think it's going to be exciting to see come twenty twenty one. I mean, well, I mean, if all three of us, me, you, and Leah, will be on stage in twenty twenty one, then that'll be very, very exciting times. Definitely. I'm hoping that I'll be ready. I think you will. I I know you think I will, but in my head, I just feel like I have so much muscle to add to be competitive. Like I don't want to, I don't want to compete just for the sake of it and to to get on stage and for people to be like, well, "Who the fuck is this guy? This is this embarrassing." And because I I know the second I I jump into a diet, like I feel I feel bigger and stronger now, but the second I jump into a deficit, my my arms disappear and my legs disappear and my extremities just go. 
and it's happened every time I've dieted in the past and it's potentially because I've gone the wrong way about it like too much cardio too many steps too soon exactly. kind of thing. You've, never, you've never dieted properly yet where you've managed no. recovery um, I think I think the biggest um, look like the, the most important thing we're going to have is, is when you mini cut I think that's going to tell us all if you're going to be ready yep. or not because if you mini cut uh, for four to six weeks and you do start to lose tissue you do start to look really skinny in, in your extremities then then we'll be like, okay, maybe maybe another year of adding some tissue and, and getting that a lot more mature muscle. But when you've yeah. dieted in the past, that you haven't had any mature muscle at all, really. You're, what, 19, 20, 18. Like, you haven't got mature muscle. And you haven't got that dense muscle you've built either. You've you built it up that high-volume approach, too. Yeah. And so I was, I I'm, I'm still not massively strong now. And, and that strength is what brings that kind of density and that mature muscle yeah. and i'm not crazy strong in any area um so i've so such a long way to go in that aspect and that like the even the fact that i'm not crazy strong like makes me think to myself like what's underneath all the fat isn't ready yeah makes sense yeah but you, you're the strongest you've ever been yeah and in if you were to diet in march time for a prep how much stronger are you going to be in March compared to now? Um, Just think how strong yeah. you've got in the last three, four months since Christmas. Yeah. You've added a, a ridiculous amount of numbers to your lifts, uh, a ridiculous amount of weight to your lifts. So so by then, it'll, it'll be even higher. And you will be at an all-time strength. I mean, you're at an all-time strength now. So by then, yeah. you're going to be crazy strong comparative to, to what you were previously when you last dieted. Well, it is all, it is all comparative. And like, just because I'm not like, benching 140 for reps if it's strong for me i'm still adding tissue to my frame exactly. it's just that mental block of like could could it be more could i be better could i be stronger yeah. but that's always going to be there anyway you could be i'm sure pros have that same every time they go into a prep do they truly think that they're good enough to win this time yeah. round? i like, do they need another year like, it's always that in the back of your head do you need more time everyone's always going to have another I, I don't think a year off would hinder anyone in the whole like industry. Yeah. Like, sure. Every everyone could take a year off and come back bigger and better. But then yeah. you're, you're not competing that year. Like like we spoke to Josh. I mean Josh was like in within touching distance of of a pro card, an IFBB pro card. But even if he yeah. got it, he was still taking two years, eighteen months off before he competed on a pro level anyway. It's like yeah. everyone and like Brightman got his pro card and he's taken eighteen months off again because he wants to compete competitively as a pro. So it's it, uh, taking time off does nobody any harm, but you've still got to test the waters, and there's got to be that first time you do compete because I do think if you can compete earlier at a younger age, your first prep's always the worst. You've got the experience under the belt, then hit that rebound, we go again, rather yeah. than leaving it until like 24, 25 as your first prep, and then and then you've only got your later years to do it. There's so much to learn from a prep, and I'm sure you learn crazy amounts, especially coaching yourself. Yeah. Like coming out of that experience and, and knowing what to kind of you have more clear on what you need to do to improve yourself. I, I don't I think the fact that I haven't prepped before kind of I don't have the bug for it like some people would do. But yeah. I know as soon as I do and as soon as I do compete, I will have that mindset for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was such I, a learning curve. There's so many things that I'd I'd go back and do differently now that well that I'll never do again or I'll never do to a client. Done what I did. Um, 
but it, yeah, as I say, it's such a long game. When your first prep is literally the hardest, it's the hardest. Uh, it's, it's only going to get easier because you, it's also like it's the fear of the unknown when you enter it for the first time as well. Like you don't, you you you've never felt like that before. You've never felt that shit before. You've never had the feeling of letting people down, not socialising, etc. Like how you deal with things, how like even your mood, how you take it out on people. Like ev- yeah. everything's going to be better in, in the long run. There's so many things that I regret uh, and would do differently now. But again, it's a learning curve, and and, and we'll, we'll we'll change them in the future. And next time, obviously, I'll have a coach too. I won't prep myself. That will help yeah. a lot. Yeah, take, take a lot. second guessing out. Yeah, because like, it was it wasn't just like physical, and obviously everyone has mental stress anyway. But like the amount of mental pressure was was insane that I had. I'd wake up every day and just second guess myself and be like, am I lean enough? Am I coming in too fast? Am I not coming in fast enough? Fuck, I'm grabbing my lower belly and I'm feeling fat when really I'm, I'm feeling literal skin. There was no fat there, but because I could grab it, I was like, shit, this, well, pinch it. I was pinching some skin thinking it was fat still and I'm like, God, I'm so far out. When really yeah. I was, I, I was, I was the most conditioned on stage by the end of it. Well, do you want to announce who the coach will be? Well, yeah, the coach, I, I'm looking to jump on board with Callum Raystrick. So I don't know if you follow him, uh, Callum underscore Muscle Mentors. Um, he's part of the, the, the Muscle Mentors coaching, online coaching brand. Um, they kind of coach coaches. So I'd say he's literally the, probably the best coach in the UK, if not one of the best in the world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll be, I'll be jumping on board with him and he'll be doing my prep. Hopefully... Fingers crossed, by the end of this mini cut, so four to six weeks, that's when I'm going to be jumping on board with him as well. Um, but yeah, so exciting, exciting times. I can't wait. And, and it's also, I'm going to learn so much from being under his wing as well. well. I think he's such a good match for you like as a person. And and because obviously there are coaches like AJ and, and, and even like JP to an extent. There's a lot of all, amazing coaches out there, but I think Callum is the, the best one for you. Yeah. And also you... Like you want to level up your own coaching game and the amount you could learn from him is going to be ridiculous like he i feel like callum is like a a culmination of all areas of bodybuilding and he can just yeah everything's come together like he has experts around him in different fields and then he's the one guy that can put it all together in one package no yeah i completely agree i completely agree so that's gonna Uh, uh, it's gonna be game changing i'm so excited i can't wait so yeah do you want to get into a couple of finish off with a couple of questions because we we've hit hit thirty eight minutes so we're fairly decent. Yeah, go for it. It's been a bit of a bonus episode really at the end of the day. It's been a um, good one, I think. Yeah, it's been decent just to have a little chat. Um, so I put some questions out. Uh, I haven't got too many fantastic ones again that that we can answer. Um, first one I've got is how many rotations for optimal growth. Um, so I presume this person means how many rotations of, of your of your training split would you have um, to make it optimal? Yeah, I mean, so like a, a pull legs one, two, and three. Yeah, or if, upper if, lower if, or a chest chest one day back. I mean, we need a bit more content to make it optimal. Yeah, but I mean, what but would you as say? A broad, as a broad recommendation, I like for me personally, I've never. I've never worked well with more than two. I think one is too little, especially for big movements. So like if you if you are doing like a back squat or even a hack squat or something like that, going in and doing that, 
every session you can kind of run it into the ground too soon and, and the ability to progress is quite difficult yeah. i think two two rotations is kind of optimal especially for a, a push pull legs kind of split i mean if you're training upper lower and it's very frequent i suppose you could try and get away with three because it's coming around pretty quickly yeah, yeah. um but definitely n- never more than three never more than three I, I think two is the sweet spot really as you said upper lower yeah. you could get away with three but no more than no more than three two is a sweet spot because if you think about it like the reason being is like how much adaption are you actually going to force when there's such a big gap between movements yeah so, so if you've got two rotations in between if you've got a bench and the next push session you haven't got bench and then the next you haven't got bench and then you've got bench again that's like what two weeks between benching potentially even longer like how, how much yeah. are you really gonna 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 force an adaption on that bench press if you're leaving that gap too big and especially if you're training with that progressive overload approach the, the, you don't want too much time in between movements you want enough to recover and then go again so i'd literally say two two is the optimal yeah. with, with no context two yeah, definitely. Um, how much cardio are you doing on your mini cut? Literally 20 minutes at the minute on a rest day. Um, tits or bum? I'm not answering that. Leah's in the room. I'd go bum. She told me to sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd go batty. Uh, how often do you practice a vacuum for small looking waist and how long see progress? So this this is actually something that I've implemented a little bit recently, just because I am at this high body weight and I kind of want to keep the control of the midsection. Um, I've never really been great at vacuuming, but I'm trying to learn. Um, I couldn't give a recommendation on how often. I kind of just do it. I do it once a day to try and just improve my ability to do it and improve the control of the midsection. But I'm not sure how regularly you do it, if you do it at all. Uh, I started doing it towards the beginning of prep. Uh, I was doing it every day when I was posing. And then as I was like, I'm not going to vacuum in men's physique, I stopped it. And that going into the classic yeah. division, it's something that I really, really need to start doing myself as well. Um, Definitely. I, I, I don't know why I neglect it, to be honest. So I will start implementing it. But again, I'm not... Uh, speaking from my own experience, I don't know how, how often to do it or how long it takes to see progress, to be fair. Um, I, again, I will start doing it every single day. I'll probably do it every morning with some posing rounds, um, but I don't know how long it'll take to see progress. But it, I mean, it's a fantastic tool for ab development itself and midsection control. I mean, Jermaine, Jermaine yeah. had impressive abs on stage. He had these real blocky abs um, for, for yeah. a 19 year old, and, and he never directly trained abs. It was purely through compound lifts and through vacuuming every morning, through posing and vacuuming. Um, so, yeah. He's I'm very sure I've seen him pull it multiple times. Yeah. yeah. Even when he was like fat, he had a really good vacuum. He could suck it. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. really hard like, to do that and like pose at the same time without being extremely out of breath. It's, it's, so, it's difficult. It's so difficult. I, yeah. It really hurts when I do it now. <laughs> it's like <laughs> sucking all your organs in. It's horrible. Um, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, I think it's such an impressive pose. And I personally think it it almost should be it's not, but it almost should be mandatory in the classic physique. Yeah. Like I love it. I think I think I think you should get extra points for for pulling off a vacuum. 
Um, well, Breon Ainsley doesn't do it, does he? No, he doesn't, no. And I, like, can he be called Mr. Olympia Classic if he can't pull a vacuum? <laughs> it's like my friend Lewis, um, he won Manchester PCA Classic and, and he, he, he was going to do British fans, but he didn't. He'd have probably, he'd have probably won to be fair. But again, he yeah. can vacuum, but he chose not to because he's got such yeah. a nice midsection, like aesthetically pleasing set of abs that he was like, he didn't want to pull the vacuum ever. He just always contracted his abs, which fair enough. Yeah. But I do think you should pull out a vacuum every now and again. Yeah. I guess if you're there in a lineup of six and all six of you are vacuuming and you've got a really static set of abs, why not throw like why not tension midsection and show them off? It's gonna it's gonna draw the judges towards you, isn't it? So, yeah, I didn't I think of like that, but yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I do I do love a a, a, a single arm bicep, um, a single arm like front double, but not front double yeah. Single arm bicep flex. And then the other arm, like, on the hip. Yeah, what, that, I don't know what the pose is called, but then with the vacuum, like, Chris Bumstead's iconic, iconic all that iron, he's iconic pose. Yeah, uh, yeah. That That is just so aesthetically pleasing. And, like, in a front lat spread or something with a nice vacuum, um, it looks it looks so, so nice. But I, I don't know how long it would take to, to make any progress. It's not something I've done much myself, to be honest with you. No, neither. I'd probably progressively overload it like anything else in the gym as well. I mean, I was starting with 30-second vacuum poses, 30 seconds rest, go again, and then progressively overload that to 35 seconds, 40 seconds, until you can hold it for, say, a minute and, and pull poses off as well and then and then implement posing at the same time as opposed to just vacuuming. Um, yeah, that would be, be the yeah. tip that I have, really. But yeah, yeah that's, that's the only decent questions I've got because the rest have been about my mini-cut, which we've kind of covered. Uh, and we're at 45 minutes anyway, so if you want to call it a wrap, unless you've got any. No, no, I didn't have any um, any good ones as per. It's kind of a common no. theme. <laughs> I think it's when we do like a, a Q&A throughout the week, and if we pop them up for the, for the, for the podcast. Well, yeah, my problem, yes, the I did a Q&A. Yeah, I did a Q&A and then put more questions up so people aren't going to ask questions again. Yeah. But yeah, no. But next week, um, we have got another guest on. We have got Christian Chapman coming onto the podcast. Um, you guys probably know him. If not, go go give him a follow. Um, he already does a podcast called The Carbs Cast, which we are massive, massive fans of. Um, so yeah, this is a solo podcast from us this week, but then next week we have got another guest on. Uh, but you've had two out this week, so you've been pretty lucky. As always, guys, share it to your stories and tag us both. Uh, and yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you very much.